Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. A life that is truly stable and consistent is a life that is full of trust. The substance of trust really helps us all around to make the right decisions and also live a life that is without insecurity. I think uh, all of us recognize that we live in a very hostile situation in life. We live a very busy life as well. And we cannot see the future, and sometimes we feel insecure, and also we feel unstable in present times. And we need to make sure that we have this trust in place, in relationship especially, so that we may have security in the family, so that we may have security in our society, and so that we may have security security for the future. And as we think about a family, why does a family have unstableness and inconsistency? Well, I believe it's because of due to trust. Uh, Husband and wife not trusting each other. Maybe parents and children not trusting each other. And that relationship has been somewhat severed and broken, has been somewhat uh, 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 stained by sin and stained by maybe secrecy. Because of mistrust. And a lot of families and marriages are suffering because the matter of trust and the substance of trust is not there. And I think about maybe a, a situation with the church and, and uh, why is the church uh, unstable and maybe inconsistent? Not talking about our church and thank God for our church, thank God for what God has given us. And we have loving people here and faithful people here. And, and as I was uh, trying to pick up some bus kits today, and by the way, none of them want to wanted to come today, and when I try to pick them up, I don't know what it is. Maybe Harry has to go out again. I'm not sure. And, uh, and uh, one uh, driver wasn't able to come, so I went out there. But as I was coming back, I was just rejoicing in the Lord about some faithful people at Bible Baptist Church. You know. And I thank God for the trust that I get to have with them, that they're always there. And then also, uh, uh, they uh, trust me, and by the grace of God, that I could counsel with them, and that we could have a great relationship, and I just thought of some different names of people at our church, and I'm so grateful for Bible Baptist Church, and I hope you're grateful too. And, uh, and I was thinking about uh, just even maybe church in general, and, and there are some churches suffering. There are some churches who are unstable and inconsistent because maybe the church family stopped trusting in God, and they stopped uh, having faith in the Lord, and maybe the pastor stopped trusting the church, and vice versa, the church stopped trusting the leadership, and, and, uh, 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 and the relationship that's been broken is, is really leading to a church as uh, uh, somewhat uh, uh, de- uh, degrading and also uh, 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 having a time of suffering in their lives and also in their organization. And so trust is a, a powerful substance that holds relationship and security together. Without trust, many relationships and things that we hold dear starts breaking apart, especially as we think about the vertical relationship. When we stop trusting the Lord, a lot of things start breaking apart, doesn't it? Without trusting the Lord, all other ground is truly sinking sand. And God is the only one who can really stable us and give us security in life. 
Uh, the scripture warns and admonishes us to trust him, for there are many adversaries to faith, especially as we live in this modern time. We are suppressed to have faith due to all that we see and hear and learn, and we are always bombarded by media, and we're bombarded by all the different tablets and phones, and, and uh, you know, uh, not that I am against them, but we are always constantly looking at the screen. And uh, as we are always visual... Many times it hinders our faith. It hinders our trust in the Lord. There are so many outside experiences in this life that our busy cycle demands for us to rather see the physical rather than the spiritual. And it's harder to have faith more than ever due to much distraction of life. But the Word of God is still intact and it's still perfect. And that we can still trust in the Lord And also, we could read the Word of God, and the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. How many believe that that's still relevant for us today? It doesn't matter uh, what kind of distractions we have, and what's pulling us. Hey, the Word of God hasn't changed. God hasn't changed, so we could still have faith in God. And uh, we could still have faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ, and also what He has promised in this book. And the Word of God points us to trust God and not another. Let me share some scriptures with you, how the Word of God warns us not to trust another, but the Word of God and also Him warns us that men are vain. Men are vain. Psalm 60, verse 11, give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. And, uh, you know, if you're trusting uh, people to help you in your Christian life, I understand that, that, that part of it is crucial, I believe, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, and, and that faithful people should teach faithful people and mentor faithful people. But at the end, let me tell you, some people will forsake you. Some people will let you down. But, as Paul said in the last letter, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. And, uh, you know, if you're trusting people to you know, uh, maybe help you along in your Christian life, I, I, I want you to know that you'll be disappointed. And you need to trust the Lord who's always there, who said, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you. Okay. And I learned that just a while back. And, and, and some people will just uh, simply, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, depart from the faith. I have some friends that used to be in ministry, now no longer, and and I used to encourage me, now discourages me. And, and some people who used to speak to me, and, and uh, they look at me the wrong way. And, and uh, you know, uh, there are uh, different uh, uh, situations in life that will have people to kind of somewhat walk away from you. And, and maybe uh, they're not reliable. And, and that's what the Bible's saying. For vain is the help of man. Look at Psalm 146, verse 3. Put not your, put not your trust in princes nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. And we thank God for authority in place, but thank God we have the greater authority, who is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton's slogan is, you know, I'm with her. And, uh, but as Christians, we're with God, amen? And, uh, you know, uh, uh, politicians and uh, election years coming up right now, and, and uh, people are saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. And, uh, but we need to trust in God first. And uh, pray that God will appoint the right person to that Oval Office. Pray for our country. 
and uh, any, any authorities in life. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm a pastor, I'm in leadership, but recognize I'm just the under-shepherd. We have a chief shepherd that we're all accountable to. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I'm just a human being, okay? I'll make uh, different mistakes, and, and uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll do things that are not uh, somewhat uh, uh, pleasant, and, and, uh, and it might be misunderstood in some different ways, and, and I want you to know that I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I'm, I'm growing in grace as well, and, uh, and I, I want to have that trust with you and vice versa, but at the end, let's all look to our Savior, Jesus Christ. When we look at him, there is no sin, amen? There is no flaw in our Savior. And uh, he is totally perfect, and, and there is no shadow of turning. And, uh, and let us put our trust in Christ. And, uh, and so the Bible says men are vain. And it warns us that uh, uh, trust in might is vain in Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of our Lord our God. And America is a great country, but don't trust in the mighty country like America and, uh, because God could just bring it down in a moment and trust in the Lord and warns us not to trust in deceit and lies. In Job 15, verse 31, let not him that is deceived trust in vanity, for vanity shall be his recompense. And thinking about deceit and lies, who is the father of lies? Satan. Satan is a liar. Satan is a wicked one. He likes to speak to the heart. How do you know that? Well, the Bible says in Acts that Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost. And Peter said, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And uh, we see that Satan had his way and he's speaking to their hearts, maybe uh, through different circumstances and different people. Deceits and lies could enter into you, so you better be very careful. I better be very careful. Even Eve fell under the temptation of Satan. And by the way, Satan never ate the fruit, did he? He never touched the fruit, did he? But he wanted Eve to eat it. He wanted Eve to touch it. That's what Satan does. Satan will never do what you are tempted to do, but he wants you to do that. He is truly a father of lies. He's a hypocrite. And, and we've got to be careful of lies and deceits in this world. And uh, we've got to always cling to the truth, the word of God, and, and, and also our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, not only deceit and lies, warns us not to trust the proud, proudful people. And I'll expound on this later on, but Psalm 40, verse 4, Blessed is that man, maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, uh, nor such as turn aside to lies. And uh, when a person who is uh, prideful, that person is in lies. That person is in deceit. Don't trust a person who is always kind of saying, me, myself, and I. Look what I've got to give you and look what I'm saying. No. Trust in a person who is saying, let's see what God says. Amen? Let's see what the Word of God says. And uh, not feelings, uh, not, you know, uh, through their intellect, forget all that. Let's go to the Bible, and let's go to the Scripture. Rely on that person rather than proud, because they're trusting in the Lord. And uh, with all this being said, I wonder if you trust God this morning. Do you just trust people? Do you trust in emotion or maybe circumstances? Do you trust in might or strength of this world? 
Do you trust in riches or money? Do you trust in lies and deceit? Do you trust in prideful things? And uh, it could be that we trust another rather than God. And we cannot also have this kind of life where we just trust God and then maybe trust another at the same time. No. God cannot be bargained with. We've got to trust the Lord with all thine heart. The Bible says very clearly in Proverbs 3, verse 5. Let's read this together. Ready? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, we must trust the Lord with all of our hearts and or never trust him at all. God desires the best from us. God desires all of us. And God desires for you to trust him with all of your heart and also my heart. And Charles Spurgeon expounds on this. He wrote, I will recommend you either believe God up to the hilt or else not to believe God at all. Believe this book of God, every letter of it, or else reject it. There is no logical standing place between the two. Be satisfied with nothing less than a faith that swims in the deep, deeps of divine revelation. A faith that paddles about the edge of the water is poor faith at best. It is little better than a dry land faith and is not good for much. You know, Charles Spurgeon is simply saying, hey, just trust the Lord with all thine heart. Okay? If you're not going to do that, just don't trust him at all. And just give your all to God. And, uh, and the reason why we don't want to give all to God is because we simply trust in something else today. And that's the matter of the fact, the fact of the matter. And it's quite interesting, we pick and choose when we trust the Lord. We uh, pick and choose how we trust the Lord. We pick and choose how much we trust the Lord. And, and with this great complication of our own soul and mind, and we are very complicated people, we deal with great enemies of faith, enemies of trust in the Lord. And in our text this morning, we observed an example of the enemies of faith and We need to be careful not to fall into these traps that binds us and imprisons us from believing and trusting in God. I'd like to share with you three enemies of faith that we need to take key lest we find ourselves not trusting in God. First of all, consider trusting imaginations. Trusting imaginations. And we can understand from the scripture that imaginations leads us to disobedience to Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verse 5, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in the readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You see, the Bible says imagination is very dangerous. Do not trust in your imaginations. Cast it down. Why? Because it is an enemy of obedience to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And uh, what are you imagining today? And uh, whatever you're thinking of today, that you're creating a scenario in your life. You're creating an imaginary outcome or maybe circumstances in your life. That hasn't occurred. And you believe in that. And this is how you think how people perceive you. Or, you know, uh, how uh, you are perceived by others. And, uh, and, and all those things uh, could get you to disobey God. So we've got to be care- very careful with that. And the devil, even the devil, Satan, imagine in his heart that he deserved more. He says, I will be the most high. Though that was a pure imagination, wasn't it? I deserve better. 
Why am I in this uh, 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 you know, uh, area with the angels? I should be exalted above high. And, and his pure imagination made him to fall. And now he is Satan. Now he is bound to go to the lake of fire. And we can do the same with our sinful and rebellious nature. And, and uh, we've got to be very careful with our... And in this imagination, we don't consider the end. So number one, let's think about the finish. And when we're not wise and uh, we have the enemies of faith uh, uh, attacking us like imaginations, we consider not the end. Look at verse 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the what? The ways of death. You know, our imagination does not want to think about sowing and reaping. Often, it's about now. And that's why people don't want to get saved. Okay? They're just relying on their pure imagination that everything's okay. And that everything will be okay. Just enjoy the seasons of pleasure. Enjoy this life. You don't have to be under authority by God. You don't have to be under authority by the Bible. And you don't have to go through what God has told you to do. No, just live your own life. You're your own God. Do your own thing. And people don't want to receive Christ as their personal Savior. Why? Because that makes them wrong. That makes God right. Their imagination is shattered when they're confronted with the supreme God of Almighty. And they don't want to you know, live in reality, they want to live in a fantasy. That there is no hell. There is no lake of fire. There is no judgment to come. Oh, if you're in that category today, I encourage you to receive Christ as your Savior. And re- realize that there is a hell, there is a lake of fire. And, uh, and, and you need to trust Christ, and, and, and He needs to be your Savior today, so that he, your sins could be cleansed. And by the way, one thing you, you and I would have to agree, whether saved or unsaved, that we are all sinners. No one is perfect. You know in your own soul there's something wrong that has occurred in your life, and, and also that you have made some mistakes, and, and you have sinned against somebody. And biblically, you have sinned against God. I'm just simply saying that if you haven't received Christ your Savior, trust in the Savior today because He loves you and He wants the best for you. He wants you to be in heaven someday. Now, if you're a Christian today, I want you to recognize that imagination still could be a great enemy of of ours. The Bible says here, there is a way which seemeth right, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are a couple of examples in the Bible where somebody didn't consider that. Eve trusted in her own imagination. Eve looked at the fruit. Eve said, that looks good to eat. She said, that fruit is okay for me to eat. God said, no, but I am convinced now that will make me to be wise. And she took of the fruit. She relied on imagination rather than God Almighty. Because God said, thou shalt surely what? That's reality. But Eve said, I'm going to trust my own instinct, imagination. Think about King Saul, trusted his own imagination, thinking that sacrifice was better than obedience. No, obedience is better than sacrifice. And he was trying to please God on his own term, and and look what I've given you, and God says, I don't care about what you could give me in your sacrifice. I want you to obey me first. That's the, that's the most important thing. 
I think about Judas Iscariot, trusted his own imagination, thinking that the 30 shekels of silver was better than following Christ. Now he's in hell. And, uh, you know, it led to death. And all these three people, Eve and Saul and also Judas Iscariot, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It depicts that in their lives today. And, uh, and I hope, as Christians, we are taking admonishment and, and uh, taking heed to this uh, uh, warning that God gives us. And uh, what are you imagining in your life? What seems right in your mind? What seems right in your own thinking? What seems right in your imagination? Remember this in Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God says, trust me. Don't trust in your imagination. Trust Trust what I say, because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. I may believe that God knows best. Yeah? Yes? Let's trust Him then. Let's trust in the Word of God. And let's trust what God has said rather than our own imaginations. And, uh, and I have my trouble with imaginations too. And, uh, you know, uh, I was sharing this with the teenagers in Mexico. You know, I, I, I left art college to go to the Bible college. And, you know, uh, sometimes imagination gets a hold of me and says, hey, I, you know, I, the devil says, you know, I can't believe you gave up art and, and you gave up all these things and, and what you're good at and what you're talented with so that you could, what, preach the gospel and be at a church and, and, uh, and, and do what you're doing. And, and, uh, and, and the devil gets the best of me with that. And, and you could have been successful. You could have had a lot of money. You could have worked at Disney. You could have worked on Finding Dory. You know. But then the Spirit of God assures me. Faithful is he that calleth you who also would do it. You see, it's not my work. It's God's work. It's God's work through me. And all the great, wonderful thing that God has allowed me to do in ministry, and in sharing the gospel, people on the plains. And I distinctly remember leading two people to Christ in the airplane. One person was playing for the University of uh, 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 Kansas, a linebacker, like 250 pounds, and I was like all squished in, and I got to lead him to Christ. I got to lead a Spanish lady to the Lord. One of the amazing uh, experiences in my life, I, I gave her a track, and uh, she was sitting next to me, and, and as I was, you know, I was somewhat jet lag, and then I gave her a track, and she was reading it, I was looking at her, and guess what happened? I fell asleep. <laughs> I was waiting for her to finish the track. I fell asleep, and then I looked over, I, after I woke up, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sewing right now, and then I looked over, and she finished the track, and I said, what do you think of the track? And then she said, oh, it was really good. And could I explain? to you a little bit more what that Bible, what the Bible says about heaven, and that she bowed her head and she received Christ as her personal Savior. And you know, I couldn't have done that when I'm drawing glory. All the things in the world just simply pass away, amen? All the things that, you know, what the world provides, hey, what we get, what we get to do for God, that will last. That will last forever. I was talking to a uh, a young teenager, she got a scholarship in, in, in Mexico. She got a scholarship to go to Wales. 
and she studied hard, and she's 17, she's waiting to go, and, and through the, uh, uh, the preaching, and, and she surrendered to God, she says, I don't want to go to Wales anymore, I want to go to, into ministry. I know God wants me to become a missionary. And uh, she says, you know, uh, I'm giving up all these things, and I assured her, hey, as you give up, give up those things, I want you to know you're going to gain the more. God never takes away things from you. He gives you more. I told her, you know, since I've been ministry, you know, I've been to Mexico, okay, and I've been to Korea, I've been to the Philippines, I went to Egypt, I went to uh, uh, Jordan, I went to Israel, because I got to be in ministry. And I said, don't regret of not going to Wales. God will provide even more to do something in, in a greater way. And, uh, and I'm just simply saying that God knows the future. Don't trust in your imaginations. Trust in God. Trust in what God can do. God could give you more fruit. God could give you better experiences in life. God could give you better happiness and joy. Do not think that money and the riches of this world will give you pleasure that will satisfy you forever. No. Only the joy of the Lord could do that. Rely on the Lord. Trust the Lord, not in your imagination. Think about the finish. The finish is important. And uh, where are you going? How is it going to end for you? Number, letter B, the facade. Our imagination brings us to have a facade. Verse 13, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. You know, it seems right. It feels right. It makes sense. You're laughing. You're enjoying life. You have pleasure, and uh, everything is great, but you're not trusting in God. You're not right with him. So deep down in your heart, there's still sorrow, and there's still, it's still empty. You never have joy. Why? Because you're living pleasure and not for joy of the Lord. Example, Moses is very clear. Hebrews 11, verse 25, look what it says. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. And then what did he do? In verse 27, by faith he what? Forsook Egypt. You know, uh, he says, I'm not going to just enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. This is just a facade. I could laugh it up. I could enjoy Egypt. I could be a great, wonderful man here with words and deeds. But this is just all a facade. Hey, by faith, I'm going to forsake Egypt and trust in God. Trust in God. What a great statement of Moses. And Moses grew up in palace. Moses was mighty in words and deeds. He was somebody in Egypt, but deep down in his heart, the outward pleasure was just all a facade. He says, I have faith to consider. I have the end to consider. I am going to be in front of my God. I'm not going to live in a facade. I'm going to live by faith and trust in the Lord. Trusting and believing in God rather than laughter, pleasure, and riches of the world, which are only for a season. Not only for a season, it's a mere facade that hides the greatest need, the need to trust and obey God. And all has this great desire to be more spiritual, has this great desire to be more loving and giving and sacrificial. But you're suppressing all that. Why? Because you want to live in pleasure. 
You want to live in happiness and laughter of this world. I want you to know all these things that the world provides are just mere facade. Deep down in their heart, they're sorrowful. I was talking to a missionary in Japan over email, and he shared with me what was happening there. And he just got there in January, and I shared with him my brochure and what I'm about to do next year. And, and uh, he was glad to hear uh, 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 what's taking in place in my life. And, and uh, 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 he shared with me as I was coming uh, 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 back from the... Uh, 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 the language school, and as I got on the train, uh, that very train I took was stopped because there's one person upon the railway who committed suicide. In Japan, 25,000 people commit suicide each year. That's 70, 70 a day. 70 people commit suicide a day over there. And as I meet Japanese people, they're kind, they're manly, and, uh, and, and, and they're successful, and, and they're living in the, in the industrialized nation, and, uh, and, and everything uh, seems very perfect and nice, and I enjoy the time that I have in March, but I realize deep down in their soul, they are empty, they need God. They need the Lord Jesus Christ. Their outer shell is breaking apart. And some Christians are trying to live in that same type of life. Living for pleasure, living for the outward things. They're saved now. But they want to trust in their own imagination the facade of life. Trust God and obey God. Number three, the filling. The filling. The backsider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. You know, trusting your imaginations, I'm right, I know what I'm doing, I decide what's best, I know what I want. All those things will fill you just for a brief time. But it will get depleted as the times go. Judas Iscariot, he got the 30 shekels of silver. Was he happy? I'm sure he was very happy. But at the end, did he want the 30 shekels of silver? No, he didn't want it. Why? God was right. He was wrong. He realized at the end, this is not really I want. This is not what I really wanted. I thought this is what I wanted. I wanted to fill my life with 30 shekels of silver. Then I could be successful. Then I could go somewhere in life. But at the end, he cast down the 30 shekels of silver at the temple and he hanged himself. This is, not what, this is not what I really wanted. I thought I wanted that, but that's not what I wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, God knows what's best for you and what you're going to enjoy. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give the desires of thy heart. Enjoy the Lord. And the Lord will give you what you really want. Amen? Don't fill yourself with what you want. Fill yourself with what God wants. Then you'll never be disappointed. What a poor soul, Judas Iscariot. Die. That's what he wanted. But at the end, in a matter of a few hours, 
he realized, I didn't want this. This is not what I wanted. So with that in mind, trusting imagination is an enemy of trust. Number two, trusting influences. Trusting influences. The simple believeth every word. But the prudent man looketh well to his going. Simple people will always be swayed left and right. God exactly gets little tired of them. He says in Proverbs one twenty two, How long, ye simple ones, will he love simplicity? You know, simple people believe every word, the Bible says. Rather than relying on God's word, he or she relies on people who will tickle their ears to hear what they want to hear. The word of God says in Psalm 19, verse 7, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. You see, God wants to change you, perfect you. And God wants you to move from simplicity, always swing left and right, to, a found, uh, to, be, uh, to be found in a sure foundation in his word and in his truth. And I want to encourage you to avoid simplicity of just swing left and right, believing every words of every people. And be careful of internet. Be careful of who you follow and, and what you see and what you read and, and what you hear. Even with preachers these days. Yeah, they might have some good things to say, but are they really biblical? Are they really preaching the truth? Are they preaching the whole counsel of God? They might have a big church, okay, but are they preaching the word of God? They might have a big cry. Big crowd, why? Because they're tickling people's ears. They're just giving them what they want to hear. And as a preacher, I don't want to just preach what people want to hear. According to 2 Timothy chapter 4, Apostle Paul says, preach the word, be in season, out of season. Before that verse, he says, I charge you. By who? By the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, you preach for Christ, not for man. You counsel for Christ, not for man. And as a preacher, sometimes I have to say things that might not be very pleasant to the, to the hearing of people, to the, to the ears of people. But I don't, I'm not here to please people. I'm here to please Christ. And uh, I remember Pastor Troy said, one time. You know, he has very simple words, and, but it's very profound. And uh, I remember uh, making some decisions, and I, I saw counsel with him, and I said, you know, uh, what should I do? You know, uh, uh, you know it, it, it looks right, and it feels right, and I feel like we should go this way in this direction, and, and not, nothing liberal, but just certain things I was kind of uh, talking about in ministry, and, and pastor kind of leaned back, and he said, he's sitting on his chair, he says, Jimmy, people will come and people will leave. I said, oh, okay. That's good counsel. I'm done. Amen. <laughs> Stop doing your ministry or trying to brainstorm something based on people. People will come. People will leave. You do your ministry based on Christ. He was just giving me a strong foundation. I'm glad he did that. 
That's what I wanted to hear. Not, not I needed to hear. What I wanted to hear is, he's like, oh, great, Jimmy, let's just. And, and by the way, thank God for godly people who have been seasoned and who have been experienced in life. Thank God for godly, seasoned Christians here. I, I learn from you. And uh, I don't know what, I, what I'll do without you. And I need some help. I need some guidance. And, and I thank God for that. I thank God for the trust that we get to have. And, and we've got to have the right influences in life. And, and that directs back toward, hey, does people want to please the Lord? Those are the people you want to be around with. Number three, trusting of I am. Another enemy of faith and trust, trusting of I am. A wise man feareth and departed from evil, but the fool raiseth and is confident. A man who is prideful are full of emotions. How confident we are in our unbelief sometimes. Our pride blinds us. And pride is raging. It has a lot of drive. It has a lot of confidence. It has a lot of strength. But pride goeth before a what? A fall. You know, more prideful you are, the harder you will fall. But when you are humble and lowly, we can rest assured that we won't fall. John Bunyan once wrote, He that is down needs fear no fall. He that is low, no pride. He that is humble shall ever shall, uh, ever shall have God to be his guide. You know, we're living in a world where people are lover of their own selves, and they trust themselves more than anything. And it's so filled with pride and arrogance, and it's a spiritual virus that destroys people, and people trust this philosophy rather than God. Appetite says, I quote to you, appetite says, be sensuous, enjoy yourself. Education says, be resourceful, expand yourself. Materialism says, be satisfied, please yourself. Psychology says, be confident, fulfill yourself. Pride says, be superior, promote yourself. Humanism says, be capable, believe in yourself. But God says, be wise, humble yourself. The world speaks of I, myself, and I. And, and, and me, and, and, and I, I just want to encourage you to be careful. I was having a parent-teacher conference with, uh, my second, with the second-grade second grade teacher that my uh, daughter was going. And I appreciate the teacher. I appreciate what she does for my daughter. And, and my daughter, in the beginning of the year, I guess, she, as she was sharing a desk with the student, uh, she was somewhat always suppressed to the side. And, and, and the other student would expand his work, you know, the paper going on to the left and right. And Annabelle would just kind of like not say anything, would just kind of go to the corner and just work on whatever space that she had. And then, you know, I guess the teacher would come by and, and she would say, uh, Annabelle, why don't you just ask him to just move all your stuff? Well, move all his stuff. You could have your table. And, uh, and she was trying to build confidence in her. And, and I thank God for that. And, and we had that parent-teacher conference. She shared that with us, and, and I appreciate that. And, and she said, you know, I, I want just Annabelle to be more confident and, and uh, really that she will be able to express herself. And I thought to myself, okay, that sounds good, but I don't want that to be the foundation of her life, always expressing herself. I'm going to talk about that tonight. Because sometimes when you express yourself too much, pride comes. That's no bueno. I don't like that. And, and I, I, I considered it. I didn't reject that counsel. That's fine. And, and I kind of walked away and just thinking, hey, 
I want Annabelle to speak her mind. I want Annabelle to be confident in what she's doing. But I don't want her to always express herself in pride or arrogance. You see, there's a balance in all that. There's a balance in all that. And I I just want to encourage you today, as we live in America, we live in a very self-esteem society. And we thank God to be American. Amen? All right? But let's recognize we've got to humble ourselves before our God. We've got to live for God. We've got to trust Him, not us, not I, or me, myself. Trust God. Express Jesus Christ. Don't express yourself. Say say those three words with me. One, two, three. More like Jesus. One more time. More like Jesus. Not more like me. No, more like Jesus. More like Jesus. What would Jesus do? How would Jesus act? How would Jesus respond? How would Jesus sacrifice? What would Jesus do?